0: What
1: is up, guys? You are listening to the Montreal Madness Podcast with your host, Tony Montreal. You know, what better way to be back with Montreal Madness than to preview the undefeated Penn State Nittany Lions versus the number three ranked Ohio State Buckeyes with my good buddy here, Luke Stoltz. He's going to be helping me go over and preview the game for this week probably talk some Steelers too but how you doing Luke?
0: I'm doing good I like how you phrase that I like how you put the undefeated Penn State in the lines against number three Ohio State. Tony this is the first year I'm actually confident as a Penn State fan going into this into Ohio State past years like I've always been like I hope they win I hope it's a close game this year I think is the First year in a long, long, long time where I'm going into this bitch. Super pumped, super confident, and I love our odds. I love our chances.
1: Well, see, that's the thing from like years past, like since 2016, the last time they beat Ohio State, was that Penn State had to be, had to play a completely perfect game in order to beat Ohio State because just, you know, obviously. Ohio State just had a better roster for all those years, mm-hmm. you know, and even then Penn State still kept the games competitive, you know, yeah, they're 0-6 in the last six years, but in 2017, you know, they had a lead for 59 minutes of the freaking game until they blew it the, on that last Ohio State drive, but they had a, like I said, Saquon Barkley took the opening uh, kickoff for a touchdown, didn't relinquish the lead till like, the last minute of the game. They should have won that game. In 2018, they could have won that game easily too. Penn State had the ball, last drive of the game, fourth and five, and they decide to run up the middle for whatever freaking reason, and they lose the game. 2019-2020 um, are little outliers. Uh, 2021, it was one score game for most of the game. And then last year, they s- scored to take the lead with nine minutes left in the game, and then just all hell broke broke loose, and they just lost it from there. But these matchups have been competitive, even with uh, Penn State not having um, the, the best roster in the field. Now, like you said, this year, it's the most evenly matched as far as talent, just purely on talent goes between both rosters. You know, they're, they're the same now.
0: Yeah, and I think this is the first Penn State offensive line that I really like. There's a lot of talent there, especially our left tackle. Um, I think it's going to be interesting to see what type of pressure Ohio State gets on Alar. The one thing I love love about him um, is... He doesn't make many mistakes. Mm-hmm. He he doesn't try forcing the ball. That's a twofold thing I think. I think if he had a little bit more talent at the wide receiver wide receiver position he could you know try to throw it up more down the field but he's smart he realizes you know this is what i have to work with so a lot of times he's looking for the slant across the middle the check down good safe throws especially in the red zone and it'll be interesting to see if ohio state's able to get pressure on him well when not if when Mm -hmm. they're able to apply that pressure and the 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 defensive end for ohio state what's his name the jtt yeah he um Big X factor last in last year's game mm-hmm. against us. Yeah, basically they, took over the game every, yes. when Penn State
1: took over the lead in the fourth quarter. Literally yes. took it over.
0: Yeah, and they. I, I really hope we don't see a repeat of that. I don't think we will because no. I think Penn State's run game is is good enough this year to kind of keep it in check a little bit more. Mm-hmm. And Ohio State has to respect the pass on the field. No offense to, to Sean Clifford; he was a great quarterback for us for for years. Okay. Uh for if you look at, I'm not a Clifford guy, don't get me wrong, but he is, you know, the number two on an NFL depth chart, so he couldn't have been that bad. Yeah. But he doesn't compare size wise, decision making wise, and just natural ability to what we have now. And I I really think that that, that along with the offensive line, our defense is always good. It doesn't really matter. Yeah. Our defense is even better this year. Yeah, this
1: is the best Penn State defense. Um Probably in the James Franklin era, in, in his ten years, yeah. There's no questions asked. This is his best defense.
0: Agreed, 100. percent. That all around, I love. I love the the corners we have. I love the, the the pressure we're able to get in the middle linebacker and edge rushing positions. Um, I know we're on defense, but I want to touch on offense real quick again. Tight end positions, our tight ends are solid year in and year out. But this year, um, T.J. Warren. Tyler Warren Tyler Warren Tyler Warren I think has the best Hands out of our Theo Johnson's Very good too But there's a good One two punch there
1: Yeah Theo Johnson Seems to be Kind of the explosive Deep threat You know down the Middle of the seam Whereas Tyler Warren You see him all the time He's pushing the Quarterback for the Fourth and ones um, And then he's the Probably the biggest Red zone threat they have Um he scored 5 touchdowns so far this year I believe. Every single touchdown has come in the red zone. He is their biggest red zone threat.
0: Yeah, yeah, agreed. And and we hit the one two punch in the backfield. I I think It'll come down to which offense can make the plays. If it does end up coming down to the wire and being close, it's going to come down to the fourth and one, fourth and two plays, and and who can create turnovers down the stretch. And yeah, I, I love our quarterback's decision making compared to what Ohio State currently has. Yeah,
1: I I, I agree. Agree 100 percent.
0: And I, I like the options we have on offense more than what Ohio State does. They have Harrison Jr., who I think. I haven't watched all of Ohio State games, but from what I have watched, they seem to kind of force him the ball at times. If they try forcing him the ball into double coverage against our defense, I, I like our odds. Too. Yeah, you
1: have Jalen King, uh, mm-hmm. King. you have Johnny Dixon, probably the best one-do punch as far as defensive backs are concerned in mm-hmm. the entire nation. Like I will take them to over... Any other two on any other team in the nation, um, just my opinion. Mm-hmm. Um, but going back to the offense here a little bit. So, what's been Penn State's MO since Franklin took over as far as the offense is concerned? It's they hit the explosive play, and that's how they get all their points and their total yards at the end of the game. It's been all through just explosive plays. Mm-hmm. This year, it seems to be the total opposite. You know, they're one of the worst in the entire nation, let alone the Big Ten, in explosive plays down the field of 10, 20, I think 30 and 40. They're in the bottom 10 in the entire nation, um, but they're one of the most efficient offenses now. You know they can grind out three, four yards carries, three and four yard carries on first and second down, and then when well, you know you have a third and three, third and two, where that's when your offensive line takes over, which they haven't been able to do till this year, and easily pick it up. And that's what you saw the whole game versus Iowa. So with that being said, can they afford to be that efficient offense to against Ohio State, or do they need to? work in the explosive plays like they've been known for the past five or six years?
0: I think I think there's a couple different variables going in there. I think some of the teams if you look at who Penn State has played so far this year, a lot of those teams had the mindset coming in. We're playing top 10 Penn State. We're just trying not to get blown out. We're playing, you know, cushioning in the coverage. We're not giving up the big play. So I think Penn State just took that and kind of, I love it. Three yards, four yards, five yards, three yards, four yards, five yards oh, on repeat until they get March the ball down the field, and they score. Yeah. I would love to see them go play action early on that first drive and just air one out deep, especially one-on-one coverage with Wallace mm-hmm. down the sideline, who looked really good last week. Granted, I know who they were playing last week wasn't yeah. exactly the, the best, but the guy got open. He caught balls. He has good size. I I, yeah. I would love to see a chance downfield early um, in the game.
1: Yeah, I would love to see that too. Also, another thing that, you know, I've been watching a lot of podcasts and a lot of, like, national TV, you know, guys previewing the Ohio State-Penn State game. Mm -hmm. What I have yet to hear from, especially from the local media at State College... The fact that I can almost guarantee you, I'll bet money on this, that Bo Perbiola, the backup quarterback for Penn State, the guy who's basically reincarnation of Trace McSorley, he wears his number, he plays like him, doesn't have the best arm, doesn't have the best vision, but damn, he can run the ball. He can run that read option. I guarantee you, you're going to see him next week in some sort of packages or or specific packages for himself where he can keep the ball, run the option, or... Obviously, he can throw it too. Do you think That's they're going to work him in as point. well?
0: That's a good point. I, I think you'll see that. I'll be I think honest, you'll see that. I, I didn't even think of that as being a dimension of their offense, but especially when they get down to the red zone, if they were yes. to throw him out there in some sort of read option package with Singleton and and Allen standing next to him, I, I think mm-hmm. that that could be a very good option. And. You would think Ohio State would have to have some sort of game plan against it, but it probably... You haven't seen it, though, yet all year. That's the thing. You really they, haven't. How do you game plan for something you haven't seen? You really haven't, but that's that's a good point. That's a good point. I would be very interested to see them do that. I, w- I hope they do. I hope they do. I hope break they that do out. too, man. Because, yeah. like I said, he's an athlete.
1: I mean, worse comes to worst. It makes High State burn a timeout. Be like, all right, what the hell are they doing? Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? In fact, timeouts in this game and a defensive
0: struggle could be costly. You know, and he doesn't, not that he ha- there's so much you can do with this offense. And, like you said, he doesn't have the best arm, the best vision. But if you throw that out there a couple times earlier in the game, three, four, five plays of it, where it's just straight read option, second half, bigger moment in the game, later third quarter, early fourth quarter, throw a triple option out there where he has the option to throw. Yes. He hasn't thrown the ball all year in any no. of those reads. So that would be... Especially if they just run with them early, and then they flip the option up to a tight end down the seam, you know, and it looks like a run. Yep, but they use their them. big explosive yeah, tight ends. Yeah, exactly. And, and they're big targets to throw to with good hands. It's a good, yep. safe option, especially if one can get loose down, down the middle. Because
1: here's the thing. It's not going to be like in past years, like let's say 2017 when the final score was like 39-38 or something like that. Um, it's going to be a defensive struggle in this game. It's going to be your typical Big Ten football matchup. You know yeah, what I mean? Yeah. Final scores will be something like 27-24, you know, 24-20. It's going to be one of those games. So if you can take Bo Buell, put him in a special package, and he provides an explosive play for you that either leads to a touchdown or at least puts you in the red zone to where you can get a touchdown off of that that's going to be huge.
0: Yeah, agreed, agreed. I saw Ohio State is favorited in this game by I mean, obviously, the,
1: they're, they're home. It's you know, the and number three seed. But, yeah, four and a half points, I mean, I don't know about you, but, like, in other years, that line would be, like, at eight and a half, oh, nine and a half.
0: Yeah, yeah, for sure. I mean, you look at the power rankings, and you look at who has home, and that's kind of, you know, obviously, Ohio State's going to be the favorite. But a four-point spread, I am super yeah. happy with. Yeah. Uh, I will be, um, I will be in inter- all, all the simulations that I've been seeing of this game has Penn State winning though. Like, been paying attention to different, st- you can take stats so far and competition of play and all that into it. But everything mm-hmm. I've seen has Penn State winning. Some of them even have Penn State winning by like eight, nine, ten points just because of. Their defensive standpoint, the yards per play offensively isn't the best, but Ohio State offense has struggled against worse teams as well early in the year. Yes,
1: like speaking of Indiana week one, uh, Notre Dame a couple weeks after that, they struggled against them. Maryland. Maryland,
0: Maryland, yeah. The the first half, they
1: really struggled in the first half.
0: Penn State really hasn't showed any, even against Iowa, granted that was the home whiteout game and the boys were ready to play, but still... Do you think they're doing that on purpose, or do you think that's just who they are and that's their, their their identity?
1: Because I've been listening to a lot of um, people, like I mentioned earlier, and it does make sense what everybody's saying, where it's like, yeah, they could throw in a few more wrinkles. Yes, they might not have used the entire playbook, but this is who they are. They're a grinded-out team now. They're not an explosive play offense, but it wears down a defense. By the time the third and fourth quarter rolls around, they're gassed, and that's when you can you know efficiently move the ball down the field. You're getting – instead of – three four yards of carry now you're getting eight nine yards of carry and you're just having your will against the opponent's defense
0: i don't think we've seen even close to the really penn state off no, 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 no. I, I mean drew law really he really hasn't aired it out a whole lot down they haven't had to they've, it's they've funny though leads. did you watch like the literally the first play of umass
1: yeah it was a play action fake and you can tell Aller was looking deep mm-hmm. wasn't open and he checked it down mm-hmm. now if you're asking me if i had to choose between do you chuck it up or do you dump it off you know, your check down, I'll take the check down 10 times out of 10. But at some point, you would just like, especially against UMass, you'd like to see him just like, all right, let's see what my receiver can do down the field. If it gets picked off, so what? It's UMass. We're going to win 63-7 to now and not 63 nothing. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, who cares?
0: Yeah, I I don't know. I, I like the mindset Do you think of, there's
1: something there or no?
0: I, I don't know. I don't think there's anything. I don't – I wouldn't – Concerned about the. I would rather if I had a quarterback do one or the other, I would rather have him checked down. Yeah, same. Uh, I would
1: much rather have him checked down than just than
0: just air Because here's out. the
1: thing. Last year, Sean Clifford doesn't turn the ball over four times. Penn exactly. Penn State probably wins that game. Right. They probably win that game. Right. So, exactly. you eliminate those, which all are seen to do. No picks, no turnovers at all from him this year.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And I, I do think he's going to pan out to be. I have my doubts. I was against the hype, you know, kind of walking Yeah, because we saw
1: what Christian Hackenberg did. The yeah. hype of him, now given he was in a less than ideal situation, mm-hmm. probably a D2 offensive line he had to work with. Yeah. Um, so... But again, you know, again, he was a five-star recruit, number one quarterback recruit when, you know, he came in and he didn't pan out. So, I get where you're coming from, but yeah, I I believe he's the real deal. I
0: think I think Drew, he's going to pan out to be much better than what Hackenberg was for us down the stretch and and it helps that he has the talent around him. The coaching around him. I, already, I wish he had
1: better wide receivers, though. Man, that wide receiver group, It ha- we've seen way better days in yes, that wide I receiver group. I know,
0: but uh, at the same time, I, I, don't, I don't like to be the guy that says next year or whatever. Yeah. If I'm a five-star recruit right now or mm-hmm. in high school and I'm looking at my options, especially with the NIL deals that yeah. they can pull in now, I'm looking at, okay, this guy's an a NFL-caliber quarterback, really good running backs, where I'm going to get top five, top ten college football exposure playing in big games, especially with the college football playoff format changing next year. I look at the depth chart that Penn State has, and I'm highly likely to want to go there and make an immediate impact. And I, I hate to be the guy that says next year, but I... Think it only goes up from here, but yes that's next year. Going yeah, into that's this next week, year. Going into this week, I agree with you. Our receiving core is the weakest part of the team. But that's really far. saying something. If the receiving core is your weakest part, that's that's saying something. Mm-hmm. And I I like where Penn State is at. And
1: I think for the first time in James Franklin tenure at Penn State, they don't have to play that perfect game now. They can afford to get you know maybe get a turnover or two, or you know turn the ball over um, here or there. And they are not be out of it. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like years past, they had to play perfect to beat them. I feel like this year where it's like they can afford to make a mistake or two and they're still most likely in it,
0: mm-hmm. which is something yeah. we
1: haven't seen at all in 10 years.
0: Mm-hmm. Do you like the uh, running back strategy they go with with giving one guy uh, basically the entire possession? And that, you know how there's really not a first second down back and a third I down do back? because it
1: keeps even though they're splitting carries they're at least getting to a rhythm on a drive I don't like it whenever running backs like with the Steelers Najee Harris first and second down Jalen Warren's third down I don't mm-hmm. like that if you're like stick the if you're on a split carries stick the one running back on a on a specific drive yeah don't change him out in the middle of the drive. Depending on what down it is, screw that. Let them get into a rhythm. That's why I like what they do. If Catron's in there, start of a series, he's going to finish a series mm-hmm. unless he needs a breather. Mm-hmm. um Same thing for Nicholas Sing- Singleton. I love the way they split the carries between those two.
0: Yeah, I, I would agree. That, and they're both. It's not like it's not like one is superior to the other. I think that plays a factor in it too. They're both RB ones, and they're both yeah. bring something slightly different to the table to where. There's no need to switch them out. They can play on third downs. Yeah. Both of them can catch a ball. Both of them can power run. Both of them are explosive. So, yeah, I, I kind of like the – it's just different because you don't see that a whole yeah whole too often. You know, speaking of the running backs, the one thing
1: i am kind of a little bit disappointed with this year is Nicholas Singleton. You know, he had multiple runs where he got 20, 30, 40, 50 yards. Mm-hmm. You know, he could hit – you know, he could you know get to the outside and just, you know – to burnish just take off. Mm-hmm. This year, you haven't seen that from him. I think his longest yard, longest run is like 15 or 16 yards. Mm-hmm. Is there something to be said about that? Or is it just one of those things where it's like, all right, they're telling them, hey, you know, just run up the middle. We just we just want three or four yards here. We don't want you bouncing out the outside and getting a tackle for loss because that's something in the past where, you know, Barkley, unless he was hitting off a 60 or 70-yard run, he was only getting 30, 40 yards a game. And, you know, I would say a quarter of those carries he was – met. At the line of scrimmage or in the backfield this year, you rarely at all see the running back getting tackled at the line of scrimmage. It's always at least two or three yards past that. Is that something to be said about that, or are you a little worried about Singleton and him not popping off those big runs this
0: year? I I've taken notice to it as well. He is not like last year. It seemed like every every other time he didn't, but every other time he touched the ball, it felt like he was popping off for a, a big hitter, and it hasn't happened. I don't know why. I don't. I don't. I don't think there's anything to be said about it because I think I think he's going to pop one against Ohio State. I think he's going to pop a big one in in a big part of the game against Ohio State. So I, I don't think I don't think that it's a worry. Is it different? Is it something to be on the radar yet? Yeah, it's on the radar, but it's not a worry yet. I I don't think cuz he's still carrying the ball well. And like you said, not getting hit in the backfield helps, too. Their offensive line is is opening up the holes and pushing guys downfield, and they're not getting touched until they reach the line of scrimmage one, two, three, four yards past on their bad carries. Yeah, right yeah, exactly. So, so a, a bad, I was watching the game la, the past couple of weeks, and it was like – Singleton would would have a carry for six, seven, eight yards, and I'm thinking, oh man, uh, what what the heck? But it's six, seven, eight yards. Yeah, just now like you're second and third, yeah. second and two. It's not like it's one or two yards, you know. he's yeah. still he's still carrying the ball well and, and making things happen. It's just, but yeah, I I, I would agree. I I miss the big hitters. <laughs> yeah, I do <laughs> miss, too. I miss the big. I the do big too. Odds. So
1: we talked about Penn State how they can beat Ohio State. Let's mm-hmm. switch gears a little bit here. Mm-hmm. Um. What do you think will be the downfall if Penn State loses? Like, what will happen? Will it be all or turn the ball over? Will it not them be, being able to run the ball? Will it be the defense not be able to stop the run? Uh, like we saw last year a couple times, especially against Michigan, where they gave up 300 yards on the ground. Um, so, what's gonna be be that?
0: I, uh, I I think it could be any of those, but it's gonna come down to the couple plays because it's gonna be a close game. It's mm-hmm. gonna come down to whether it's the defense not stopping stopping on a 3rd-and-5 or a 4th-and-2, or whether it's the offense turning the ball over in the 3rd-4th quarter, it's going to be something, but it's going to come down to just a couple small handful of crucial yeah. moment plays, whether it's the offense or defense. Whoever's time it is, it's is, got to step up. The plays have to be made. But if I had to say... One, if it's going to be one thing, I'm most afraid. I have confidence in our defense. I don't think our defense is going to let down because I don't think McCourt's that good. I I don't think yeah, I don't think, the, yeah, oh, I I don't think he's. Court. I I think he's decent. I don't think he's nothing
1: special. He's, he's not a CJ Stroud. He's not a Dwayne Haskins. He's not a JT Barrett for even exactly. You know, and I, I can
0: see him making mistakes against our defense. I'm afraid Drew Allar is going to make mistakes in this is the first really big game that he's in. This and on the, the road too. He doesn't have road. that first big game at home. He hasn't won yeah. the road. He, he doesn't he hasn't have that big tester. So if it's gonna be one thing, that's what I'm most afraid of. Him either playing too timid and checking down too much and being afraid to throw the ball downfield. And then next thing you know, our offense has two to three, two or three back to back, three and outs. Yep. And then we're down two possessions. I that would be my biggest scare
1: that's a great point Uh, you Mm -hmm. took the words out of my mouth because as a Penn State and a Steeler fan Mm -hmm. how the Steelers run their offense where it's so vanilla and so mediocre that's the one thing that scares me the most about this game exactly what you said Aller gets too timid even the play calling gets a little bit too timid you know he's still for as good as we say he is he's still a first year starter yeah how much do you want to put the game in his hands rather than let your team which is supposedly supposed to be the best team at that Penn State has had in Franklin's tenure. Mm-hmm. Um, so how much do you give him the ball versus how much you like you let the players around him win it for you? Mm-hmm. That's my biggest fear is that he's checking the ball down, like you said, too much. Um, instead of, you know, all right, he's up, I'm going to throw it now and instinctively throw it where he holds onto the ball and then he either takes a costly sack or whatever mm-hmm. that's my
0: biggest thing um, and, and we were just at the beginning we were complimenting his decision making and how yes. we'd rather have the check down issue but yes. in big games like this you have you can't be afraid you have to make a play yeah you can't be afraid to throw the ball down the field plays mm-hmm. have to be made you can't check down too much now if he's checking down again and again and again and the guys are ripping off five eight ten yards every that's time fine he- that's fine the brady yeah. check down yeah that's what it is Yes, exactly but if he's checking down it's not working you're gonna have to 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 try to extend because the if you know you're a hitting a bit. check
1: down and you're only getting two three yards that means the linebackers and even the safeties for that matter they're playing up they don't respect you to throw it in the middle of the field or down the sideline mm-hmm. that's whenever you notice as an offense okay we're only getting two or three yards in a check down because they're playing up all right let's do a little fake or something where you you hit them over the top and you actually complete the pass then that gets them to step back and then you, now you have that right back into your hands mm-hmm.
0: Now, now, if you're Ohio State's defensive coordinator heading, heading heading into this game, how are you game? Our, personally, I'm pressing the absolute shit out of our offense. I'm yep. saying go ahead, take a shot. We'll give you one. I would give yeah. them one big hitter, and I would just try to cut out all of the – We're not going to let offense. you get the second yes. and third
1: We're not going to let you get there.
0: Yes, exactly. That, that would be my game plan. I'm not a, I'm not nearly as, you know, football minded as Ohio well, see, State's defensive coordinator, but it would be interesting yeah. to
1: see. Here's the thing. he came, their defensive coordinator, I forget his name, but his first year was last season. And um, like I say he came from Oklahoma State and he was known as a blitzing type defensive coordinator where he just blitzed the crap out of another opposing offense. Mm-hmm. And last year, from what I've listened to and read, it kind of burnt them a little bit because um, you know he's why would you blitz when you don't have a talented defense you know what i mean that mm-hmm. just puts the defense in a vulnerable spot if they can catch the blitz so this year he's really dialed back the blitzes and just letting his you know players make plays because they don't have to blitz to get to the quarterback you know mm-hmm. what i mean yeah. so he's he, and they run a 425 with three safeties so what does that tell you they just Formationally speaking, they take away the deep ball, or on the flip side of that, they can crush the line of scrimmage. That's what I'm thinking they do. They'll take their three safety look, pack the line of scrimmage, um, maybe have the middle the middle safety, you know, play safe. But other than that, they're not to have anybody covering deep. It's gonna be one on one man, you know, man to man along the sidelines. That's where Keonji Lambert Smith has to win. Um, Wallace, he has to win his um, his battles. And then the tight ends, they gotta beat the linebackers in the middle of the field. Mm-hmm. Um, So, let's see. I think we've talked a lot about previewing the game here. Prediction, final score, and just overall, how do you see this game going?
0: I see see a close game at halftime. I see it within seven points. I could see Ohio State leading at halftime even, but I think Penn State does come out on top. I don't think it's a high-scoring game. It's going to be decided by one or two plays down the stretch, whether it be turnovers – Fourth and two stops, whatever. Um, James Franklin's coaching decisions may come into play on on certain aspects of the game, like timeouts, going for it in certain spots, and so on. But I see the final score: Penn State twenty eight, Ohio
1: State twenty four. I love it, and I'm glad you brought up James Franklin and like you know him, you know, calling you know going for it fourth down or whatever. Because I thought last year against Ohio State, you know. What's been the one bad thing about Franklin over the years, it's you know, his in-game coaching yeah, this, and his in-game situational awareness. Mm-hmm. I thought the game against Ohio State last year was his best in coaching performance. He's had a Penn State. Every time they should have went forward on fourth down, they did. Mm-hmm. Every time they should have kicked the field goal when they needed points, they did. Um, I just thought he coached the best game in in-game coaching in his career, at Penn State. Um And I just think that Franklin and staff know how to beat Ohio State. They just haven't had the players yet. This year they do. And because of that, I think that is what's going to put Penn State over the top. I think that it's not going to be a high-scoring off uh, game like you said. It's going to come down to who can make the timely turnover and the timely explosive play. I think Penn State does both of that. I'm predicting a final score of Penn State 27, Ohio State 23 with – a Drew Aller game winning drive. Okay. I, think, I like I it. I think that's what's going to I cement like Drew Aller as the best Penn State quarterback that the yeah. program has ever had. Yes, better All than right. Trace McSorley. Yes, better than Michael Robinson. Yes, better than Carey freaking Collins. He's going to cement himself as the best Penn State quarterback in program history in this game with a game winning touchdown drive.
0: Wow. Okay. Okay. I can get on board with that. I can get on board with that.
1: All right, so from a good team to probably one of the most mediocre teams in the NFL, the Pittsburgh Steelers, <laughs> coming off the bye, miraculously they're a three and two, and it's based off of what TJ Watt and Alex Highsmith maybe mm-hmm. outside of outside of that outside linebacker tandem. The They've been defense. completely shit.
0: The Steelers defense is three and two.
1: I wouldn't even go to their defense, man. Have you seen like their like actual stats on defense? Their bottom five in rushing yards That's allowed good. per game, total yards per game. Points per game, I think they're in the bottom 20. It's just, they come up with time, timely plays with their outside linebackers, and that's not a winning recipe. Like, that's just, well, you can they, win a couple games that way like they've been doing. You can't be, keep doing that throughout a whole season and expect to win games.
0: They're last in all those statistics because they're on the field for 80% of the Here's game. Here's my
1: thing. If you are an elite defense, like everybody says the Steelers are, like, like who they say they are, they need to get their own damn three and outs. Like the 49ers do. Like the Eagles do. Like the Cowboys do. You know what I mean? I mean, outside of them playing this. But you know what I'm talking about, though. Like, Mm -hmm. those teams can get it done when it counts. If they're an elite defense, they need to get their own damn three and outs.
0: But they don't. And that's my problem. I wouldn't put their defense as elite. But they have elite defensive players that make good, timely plays. But they're on the field so much, anybody's going to get tired. I, I don't care, like, who they are. But I agree that they need more timely three and outs. But... The root of that problem, defense isn't even isn't even the problem. We're trashing on them for not being as elite as we would like with with the three outs and everything. But the offense is the worst offense. And I was spoiled growing up. We all oh yeah with Ben Roethlisberger and all the the talent that he had around him for years. But our offense is a train wreck. It's- I would I would rather have. I don't know. I would rather have Penn State's freaking offense out there yeah. than art than because, not really, but you know what I'm saying. Like, yeah. like, it is so bad. Kenny Pickett, Kenny Pickett, I cannot for the life of me understand what the hype is behind him. Besides, he's a pick quarterback. Yeah. That's,
1: That's all it. it is.
0: That is it. And the thing is, is he, in my opinion, he's the third best quarterback they have. I would rather have Rudolph out there over him.
1: I wouldn't go that far. I would. I wouldn't go that far. I think Pickett, Trubisky, and Rudolph are the same person, just with different numbers and different names in the back of the jersey.
0: See, I think Rudolph's the best quarterback in that room, and this is why. Because he never had a true, fully healthy offense under him, and he kind of got thrown into a a terrible situation, a weird situation, a bad situation early in in his career. Yeah. He's the most athletic strongest arm quarterback they have. I, yes. I think he isn't afraid to throw the ball downfield. That's what, it is, that's what he's known for is throwing
1: the deep ball. Yeah, and, and You it, see it throughout the preseason. It's all he's doing is chucking deep balls down the sideline. Yes, and he yeah. completes
0: them. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. And he's accurate downfield. Kenny Pickett's decision-making is awful. He's not an accurate thrower. Here's a big Pittsburgh Steelers offensive debate for you. What's worse, Matt Canada or Kenny Pickett? If you had to, uh, if you had, if had to choose, if you had to replace one of them right now with a slightly above average, let's say Madden rating 88 overall player or 88 overall offensive coordinator, are you replacing Canada or are you replacing Pickett?
1: I'm replacing Pickett because a good quarterback can mask a bad offensive coordinator. Okay, whereas let's... the opposite, I think, is very. I know they do it in San Francisco with Kyle Shanahan and Brock Purdy. I think that's the uh, the exception, the outlier. It rarely le- works that Let way me- where you can take such an offensive guru and make an average or below-average quarterback and make him compatible with good.
0: Yeah, yeah. So what's the problem, Pickett or Canada?
1: You you have to say both. You can't say one or the other. Yeah. You have to say both. Is the play calling absolute trash? Is it vanilla? Is it bland? Is it so predictable? Yes. On the other hand, my biggest problem with Pickett is the fact that he, es- he escapes pressure um, and, they, and he escapes right into it. You know, I don't know how many times where he's not mm-hmm. actually getting pressured. All he has to do is step up in the pocket just a couple feet. But, no, he he runs out of the side of the pocket yes. to the to the wrong side, I and was, he gets sacked that way. That's how he got injured in the Houston game. Yeah,
0: I was, I was watching the game, not last week, but the week before. Exactly what you're well, saying. I was, in, I
1: was in the bar at Bay, yeah. We, Sam, and I think uh, I think Tanner, we were all watching. We were like, what the hell did he yeah. do there? It's
0: like he's seeing ghosts. It's like yeah. he, he will automatically. God, I hate It's it. a two-second. You have to have an internal clock as an NFL quarterback, but. You don't need to step right or left right into where it's coming from. A lot of times there is a clear pocket and he just escapes for no reason. It's like he pisses down his leg for no reason.
1: Yep. And then, I don't know if you watch this on YouTube, it's the all-22 film that gets released to the, I guess, the public, whatever, because you see all these people with... uh, um, there's this one account called Steelers Depot, and they have a YouTube channel and everything like that. And they get the this all 22 film where it shows like from high above, like the bird's eye view of the play going on. Mm-hmm. I don't know how many times where Kenny is staring down a receiver, yet on the other side of the field, there's a receiver wide freaking open, and he never progresses to it. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. at the same point where we say Canada sucks, and you know rightfully so, he does suck. There has been on multiple times during multiple games. Receivers have been open, and for big plays, mind you, and Kenny just doesn't see it. He doesn't throw it to it. He throws it to his, either his primary or his check down. It's like he has two reads.
0: I never, underst- I never understood, and granted, I'm a Penn State fan, so I'm biased against anything Pitt, yeah. but I never understood the hype behind him to begin with. It's not like he was in college for three years and excelled, or it's not like he was in college for five years and excelled in multiple years. He was garbage at yeah. Pitt for three years, had one... Average below average year, then his fifth year in, a, in an ACC conference that, that was, was terrible and Clemson terrible. was in a decline. Yes, no competition. He had great numbers, and it's not like any. And he had the number one wide receiver in the country, yeah, in the country to throw to. Yep, so another example of why his numbers were so inflated, he could throw it 10 yards to Addison on a cross. Or and he, he turned to take the it 40 to the yard, yep. yeah, take it to the house. So I never for the life of me understood the hype behind him. 1-1. Since day one, and now we're a full, he's had a full NFL type of season under his belt. He's started how many games? 18, 19? Set,
1: uh, yeah, something like that. Something yeah.
0: Something like that. And he still hasn't shown any signs of progression, in my opinion. So here's the
1: thing I really held out hope, like last season and all offseason, even the preseason, that, you know, Kenny Pickett, you know, a lot of quarterbacks take Trevor Lawrence or Josh Allen or. Jalen Hurts or whoever you want to throw out there, where they struggled their first year. I mean, Peyton Manning had the most interceptions in his rookie year of all time as a rookie. I mm-hmm. uh, think he was like the high twenties or whatever. And then they all turned out to be good because they just, you know, they just progress and develop and get more mature and everything like that. Mm-hmm. I really held out hope for Kenny Pickett, and I know on my some, a couple of my podcasts last year where I constantly emphasize like the reason why the Steelers are winning late in the year because they're playing bad teams, even worse quarterbacks. But at the end of the day, I still had out hope, and then the preseason really got me a little giddy, because um, I mean, what, they had five or six total drives with the starters and offense, and all five or six of them went for touchdowns—a perfect touchdown rate. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? It's like, damn! And they did that against starters, like the Bill starters. They did it against them. I'm like, mm-hmm. all right, shit! This offense is actually looking pretty decent. It's looking really nice. I'm like, hell yeah! Go in the week one against San Francisco. Like I told all, like basically all my friends or whatever. I'm like. I have not been this confident going to a Steelers season since the Super Bowl days back in there, like late 2000s, early 2010s. Mm-hmm. And then I got humbled really bad week one watching that game against the 49ers. And ever since then, yeah, I just i I don't see it. There is nothing there to tell me that Kenny Pickett is going to be a future franchise quarterback for this team. And you you can say, oh, you want wonder how, like, oh, well, you know, less than two minutes ago or game winning drive, you know, he can you know he can do it and win you the game. It's like. Tim Tebow did the exact same thing. Yeah. He would suck for three and a half quarters the last drive. He'd pull something out of his ass, and you know they'd win the game. Mm-hmm. Um, that's who Kenny Pickett is. He's Tim Tebow.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah.
1: He's not good. <laughs> he would just for one or two years happen to win you games late in the fourth quarter. Yeah. Um, and then where's he at now? He's doing an analyst job for ESPN College Game Day or whatever. Like, he, yeah. never, he never made it out to the- be a good quarterback. I don't think Kenny Pickett is going to turn out to be a quarterback either. Because here's the thing. We should have seen progression by now. No matter who the offensive play caller is, no matter who the weapons are, you want to see some sort of progression where it's like, oh, he made a good throw, but the receiver dropped it. Mm-hmm. He made a he made a good, you know, read. It's just the receiver didn't run run the right route. You know what mm-hmm, I mean? Mm-hmm. Or something like that. You're not seeing anything that tells you, like, mm-hmm. all right, he's getting better. If anything, he's getting worse.
0: <laughs> I've been I've been a Kenny Pickett Doubter since day one. That being said, I've always had hope. I've always hoped. I've always wished he'd does well. If I hope he proves me wrong. Obviously, yes. Whatever. But and I've always used the excuse our offensive line has been garbage. Our our skill positions were okay, you know. Mediocre, like, yeah. Mediocre. So I use those excuses, but we're this far into it where look at I mean, I know this isn't not a fair comparison, but look at somebody like Mahomes who doesn't have the best yes, Kelsey mix of Above average to average running backs and a mix of average wide receivers. Oh, they're below players. average
1: wide receivers. Yeah,
0: but he makes it work. Yeah, I know that's not a fair comparison because we we want the Patrick Mahomes caliber performance. Yeah, but, but as much as these fucking Pit fans are hyping Kenny, pick it up. You would thought you was- would think that he was God himself, yeah. reincarnated, yeah, Patrick Mahomes, exactly. times three, And it's not there. And I, I really uh, when when uh, it's obvious that they're not. A Super Bowl contender at this point. They're three and two. They're three and two. I would rather. I would much rather than tank. I would. Okay, this is this is off the wall, but I'm looking (laughs) at I'm looking at draft prospecting already. Yeah, Caleb Williams from USC.
1: I don't want Caleb Williams. You don't? No. You don't? No. Okay,
0: so so there's a mix there because I'm torn. Because some of the performances I watch him play, I'm like, I want him in Pittsburgh. And other performances I say, no, I would much rather have, you know, somebody else. But I want to go I back and look
1: at this. Like, whoever everybody says who is the consensus number one quarterback going into a particular draft and how they've actually turned out. Yeah, that's fair. I mean, fair. we always say, like, oh, this that's guy's, fair. you know, like Caleb Williams, like, oh, number one pick off first, the board.
0: Yeah. Trubisky, even. Trubisky was a – Yeah, he was top three. or yeah. top,
1: He was number two or something like that. Yeah. Um, Trey Lance was number three. Yeah. Um, you've looked at uh, – oh, my God. Um, it was a guy who played for – Josh Rosen. Yeah, he was yeah. highly regarded.
0: Um, it's, a, it's a crap shooting Yeah. You know the day in the NFL draft, a first-round quarterback. I mean, really? You're as good of a chance. I mean, who I – mean, Patrick
1: Mahomes came from uh, Texas Tech. No one... I mean, I know he was drafted in the top 10, but nobody would have known, or I think maybe he was 15th or something like that even, Mm -hmm. but nobody would have known he would have turned out to be the superstar he is. Mm -hmm. He was... You know, you didn't see Mel Kuyper... Todd McShay, Todd, Todd, Todd. You never, <laughs> <laughs> you never saw those guys be like, oh, yeah, he's going to be legit. He's going to be a Hall of Fame quarterback, blah, 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 blah. Mm-hmm. No, you didn't hear those guys talking about him at all. And yeah. then look at him. I mean, I and I know Brady, he's 199th pick, but no one saw him. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, Big Ben even. Yeah, he was, you know. Obviously a first round draft pick, but no one was saying he was going to be this future Hall of Fame quarterback either. It's all a crapshoot with quarterbacks in the draft,
0: especially in the first round. Even. Yeah, I agree. But but how long how long do you give Kenny Pickett before? Let, let's say they finish the year 10-7, and seven, make a wild card seed, lose first round. How long do you give it? And then they, they do that for the next two to three years. How long do you give it before you move on and draft a first-round quarterback in Pittsburgh? See, here's the
1: thing. There's there's two completely different things, one that they should do and one that they do do, which is called the Steeler way. Yeah. And the Steeler way is fucking done for. The Steeler way does not work anymore in today's NFL. The league is doing laps around the Pittsburgh Steelers and how they operate. So here's the thing. What they should do is wait till his rookie contract expires. If he doesn't show even the slightest sign of progression – you get rid of him, or you make it. Well, you don't make in your backup because you still have to pay him. So you just get rid of him, and like you said, you draft your next quarterback. Maybe
0: Drew Aller. I would love that. But that but, would be <laughs> wouldn't that be ideal? That would be a Drew Aller turns into be the prime time. He's guy. actually the next
1: big get, the big Ben, the yeah, next big Ben.
0: Very comparable. But see, very that's comparable. the thing,
1: though. Here's what the Steelers will do. That's gonna frustrate me the most. They're gonna play him no matter what. He's gonna finish out his rookie deal no matter how he does. They're gonna extend him to—I wouldn't say a patched Mahomes contract, obviously—but they're going to pay him for probably like a Daniel Jones contract, four or five years, $140, 160 million dollars. Because that's just how they are. They're—they're—they're they're, 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 they're loyal to the, the death of themselves. They are loyal. They are too loyal for their own damn good. That's what's going to happen. They are going to. Beat it with a
0: freaking, you I'm know, a dead. Beat it like a dead horse until there's nothing but freaking bone left. I'm so glad I just said that to somebody yesterday. I'm Pittsburgh is going to do exactly what the Giants did with Daniel Jones. He's going to be good enough. To not get rid of, but not good enough to win anything. Yes. And I think they're going to do the exact same thing as New York did. It stinks to be a Pittsburgh Steelers fan. It does. It sucks to be a Pittsburgh fan in general. Yeah. Not only got got the Pirates, but the
1: Penguins are doing the exact same thing that the Steelers do, which I'm not a Penguin fan, but it must piss Penguin fans off. Where it's like,
0: yeah, yeah, you have. I love the Penguins roster this year, man. You
1: have Crosby, Malkin, Latanga now. Eric Carlson, they just got him. They're all in their mid to late 30s. They're in win man, now. Man, but that's the thing, though. They're too old for their own damn good. It's like an aging Ben Roethlisberger. After the 2017 season, the Steelers, I know you're looking back on this from six years from now, but damn it, they should have got rid of him after the 2017 season whenever they lost to Jacksonville in the divisional playoff game because guess what? You already set yourself, what was it, three or four even five years um, behind because you kept an aging Ben. Tried to give one last ring, and it miserably failed in front of their eyes. You know what I mean? It did. And the Penguins are doing the exact same thing. Yes. Was Crosby the greatest hockey player in his prime? Yes. Was Malkin the second (laughs) greatest hockey player in his prime? Yes. Was tang one of the top defensemen in his prime? Yes. Same for Eric Carlson. But damn it. You can't win a Stanley Cup with 36, 37, 38-year-old guys as your go-to players. You know what I mean? You, you You can't have that. Yeah. And it's shown the past couple of seasons the Penguins, not only do they get just knocked out in the first round they didn't make the playoffs last year do you yeah. think that's changing this year they might make the play I mean there's a good chance they make the playoffs and rebound
0: this year okay they really are they, are they make it on the
1: first round no I don't think they are their, their bottom, core hasn't changed
0: though well the getting- bottom six they made some changes they I they've looked pretty they they've looked on par for me early in the year. I mean, wait till January, early. buddy. Wait that's, till that's January. I, I don't know what once injuries start occurring and and guys go down and you start seeing the depth in their bottom six. I I don't know yet. It's still too early to tell. It's still too early to tell with them. But
1: we won't get into the Canadians because they're a shit show. <laughs>
0: back back to Kenny fucking Picky. Yeah, here. back to the Pittsburgh Steelers. Um, Najee Harris. Is overrated guy I over i will say up. this Jaylen. beating my chest
1: nausea harris is overrated
0: <laughs> see i like Jalen warren reminds me so much of uh austin eckler yes Maurice jones drew yes yeah i wish they would start giving him more opportunities he should be getting the bulk role. of the carries
1: right yeah. now it's a 60 40 split you know obviously give or take a, l- a couple you know snaps or whatever. But it should be a 60-40 split for Jalen Warren and not Najee Harris.
0: So when Najee is – run, like there's times where Najee runs the football and he looks like the guy – he hits the hole hard, he makes a move, and he excels into the secondary, gets the turns the three yard gain into the five, six yard game, but that happens ten percent of the time. Yeah. It's like ninety percent of the time. He's, he's dancing the backfield playing yeah. tap dance or ballet or ballet yeah, or whatever. Or he's trying to do too many moves, but he doesn't have the the quickness or the no. the the lateral ability to do you that. you know
1: his senior year at Alabama? He never had a rush over twenty yards. Oh, well, I didn't know that. His senior I... year at Alabama he... Did not have a rush over twenty freaking yards, and yet they drafted him in the first round just because he ran behind the best offensive line in college football, and he was just able to, you know, run through the hole and not get touched till he was five yards past the
0: line of scrimmage. Well, his rookie year he looked good. I mean, he was getting he was touching the he was their only offensive player his rookie year. I don't know if you remember that that was when Big Ben was aging out. I don't remember his freshman year now. The receivers were were banged up. He was touching the ball 30-plus times a game, and he was getting drilled. And ever since he had that foot injury, foot or ankle, I forget, I think it was a foot injury, he hasn't been the same type of player. His lateral quickness, his cutting isn't what it was in those first... I don't know, 12 games of his rookie year. And ever since then, he just hasn't been the, the guy. I would love to see Warren. I don't Warren think he Roll. was ever the guy.
1: And why, I mean, I know this happened back in, what was it, 2020 or 2021, they drafted him or whatever. Mm-hmm. Why you draft that freaking first-round running back whenever you know that a running back anymore is not a focal point as far as winning games are concerned. You know, exactly. look at the past Super Bowl winners. You could, you couldn't even like name their running back at the time. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like they were the second and third string guys that were getting the bulk of the carries. Because a running back does not influence a game anymore like it used to. Well, the quarterback is what influences the game.
0: Well, really, even it's been like that for all Brady. All of Brady's rings. Could you name one? No. Who, who was a stud? He had a he had a mix of three in three running backs every year he was there. Each one did something slightly different. They were all. And Legarrette blunt
1: the old Steelers running back, for a while. For a while, and mm-hmm. I think he won a couple of Super Bowls with Brady and the Patriots. I was like, he was their short package goal line back. Mm-hmm. I forget who their third back checkdown guy was. And then, like you said, they had another one too. Yeah,
0: that you mix, you mix in running backs because in the NFL, there's not the the Walter Payton type of running back. That, that day of football was over, and that's gone. what frustrates
1: me the most. Is because mm-hmm. the Steelers still think you can win that way. No, and, you and can't. that's just what,
0: not unless the the generation like a Saquon Barkley who can do it all. First round. But talent. even then, how
1: much has he helped the Giants
0: out? Yeah, don't you, know you that's think the Giants clear. would rather
1: have his first-round talent somewhere else, like where it's more necessary, like let's say on the defensive front or or a shutdown corner? You know what? You know what I mean. Yeah. Like, don't you and think they'd rather have that now? The life
0: expectancy in the NFL for running backs is so short too that compared to other players, they are not worth a first round. Like no. you can spend a first round pick on a cornerback, a quarterback, even a lineman. And, yeah. and get a center or left yeah, tackle. Get them into their their low to mid thirties now. Whereas a running back, by the time they hit twenty eight. They're on a steep decline. Decline, yep. Yes. Like even you have the, to be special, like a Frank Gore special to last
1: in the league yes, as long as he did. Yeah, and still even,
0: perform at a somewhat good rate. Even the best running backs in recent years. The running back for uh, the Rams. Todd Gurley. Todd Gurley. Prime for four or five years and then straight decline once he hit 28-29. Like... They just don't as many hits as they take against that type of competition. Yeah, and because players are bigger and stronger than they ever were yes, before. Yes, yeah, quicker, stronger, better. Yep. Yeah, yeah, you're getting hit by those players twenty to thirty times a game. You're not gonna not take injuries. You know, you're gonna get yeah, hurt. Exactly. You're gonna feel it. It's gonna wear away at you through the course of the year. So, yeah Yeah, even even guys like uh, I don't know. Like, the running back, you you get them four or five years, and that's it. So, I agree. I didn't like Najee Harris' pick. But in the moment, I'm not going to lie, I cheered my ass when they announced Najee Harris. Oh, I did it. I was pumped to get a skill position. It's funny. Me, Tanner, I think uh, Austin, Jake, we were
1: there for um – Tanner's wife Susie's birthday, okay? okay? And it just happened to be on draft night. So we all went to the alley there in Central City. Uh-huh. And I remember watching the draft there, and then they announced Najee, and I was just irate. I was so fucking pissed.
0: Really? Yeah, I'm like,
1: I'm like, you have a line that's piss poor right now. Um, What's his name? DeCastro. He left just randomly because of an injury or whatever. Mm-hmm. And that was Pouncey's last year, too. It's like, all right, you need a center. You need any position in the offensive line. Yeah. But, nope, they drafted a the freaking running back.
0: Yeah, well, they didn't have... Any running backs on the. That being said, they could have easily have taken one in the third or fourth exactly. round exactly, and been okay. Exactly. Especially, I mean, look at where they're at now. If they had taken, yeah, what had happened if they had taken a lineman or a or any any He'd of be four physicians. years developed right now. He'd be yes. three or four years developed right now. A, a lineman that would didn't even have to be a top tier lineman, just an above average lineman. Four years yep. developed right now. Would be much better than Najee Harris because you have Jalen Warren in the yeah. backfield or whoever else they would have gotten. Like anybody, anybody in the league right now that's available running back wise could do what Najee Harris is doing for the Steelers. Yeah, but they wasted a first round pick on him. You know.
1: Now speaking of like draft pick and stuff like that, you know, we talked about the players and talked about Matt Canna for a little bit. Um, new GM uh, Omar Khan and then his assistant Andy Waddle who came over from the Eagles. Mm-hmm. I don't know about you, but I love those two guys. The moves they made this offseason and the draft picks they selected, it's like they know what they're doing. It's just it's not reflecting on the rest of the organization like the coaching staff and the players and everything like that. How how, how would you see um you know the new GM and the assistant uh, Annie White how they've done in their short amount of time so far?
0: I I love this the last draft, this past draft. Yes. I thought it was the best draft they had in, in a years. long time. Yep. And they have talent there. The oh, I'm forgetting the tight end that they drafted in the second round.
1: Uh, third, ta- third, oh, Darnell Washington.
0: Darnell Washington.
1: And that third, man, where's he been all year? Yep, yeah, they don't. They only use him. Hey, that
0: six. man is an absolute beast. I, Why wouldn't you include him in some sort of tight end scream? Just get the ball in his hands, Lamb, run over.
1: Yeah, and here's my thing. You know, I know it. It uh, they only they only might make the red zone once a game. You know what yeah, I mean? Yeah. But the one time they did make it to the red zone. Why is Kenny Pickett not just throwing the ball up in the air like where the goalpost is? Six foot seven, darn-out Washington can't just reach it down and freaking catch yeah, it. Like, are you kidding me? I, like, come on. Worst comes to worst, he's getting a holding or a PI call now that the ball's down the one. Like, I if do. If I'm
0: the GM and assistant GM, I am frustrated because they're,
1: they're not utilizing what their yeah. what their offseason signings and their draft picks are supposed to do. Yes. like, do you know? Um, I don't know if you listen to Mike Thomas press conferences on Tuesdays, mm. but um, every once in a while, every once in a while, okay. Well, the day before a Monday, I guess Dan Moore, like, was back from injury, and he started working with the first team again. Mm-hmm. And I guess he did an interview that same day at the practice. He said, yeah, I expect to play. And then someone asked him a question. Hey, if healthy, who's starting between Moore and Jones? And Tallon just basically said, well, it's a big if, but, you know, we're going to see how Moore's progression is going. And if it's going good, he didn't allude to him starting, but it sounds like if he's healthy enough, he's going to play. And I don't know about you, but he's literally the worst tackle. I don't know if you follow PFF, Pro Football Focus. Dude, he's rated as the worst left tackle in all of football right now. And yet, Broderick Jones, the only game that he started was against the Ravens, a very good freaking defense. Mm -hmm. He allowed one pressure the whole freaking game. Not a sack, just one pressure the whole game. So you're going to tell me you invest... You trade up to get him, mm-hmm. yet you're going to bench him for the worst tackle just so he can, like, learn and develop and progress? That's a bunch of horse shit. Yeah. It's, That's bullshit.
0: Yeah, I agree. Are, are you a Tomlin fan or not? Hell yeah, no. No. I'm Hell
1: not, no. <clears throat> He's wasted... Either, so. I, obviously, you know, he won us the Super Bowl his second year, and then he took us to a, uh, another uh, Super Bowl two years after that. Mm. Um, so, obviously, the first four or five years, I liked him, but... My gripe with Tomlin was ever since he couldn't win a ring with Ben, Bell, and Brown, literally they had the best offense in the NFL yeah. bar none. I mean, they could be down by three touchdowns, and you knew they were still in the freaking game because yeah. of that offense. And yet they they couldn't even – they went to one AFC Championship game, and they got blown out by the Patriots back in the 2016 season. Yes. Um, yeah. And the quarterbacks they beat were Dan uh, – not Dan Moore uh, – guy for the Dolphins quarterback he was a backup his last name was Moore I forget his first name but then they also beat Alex Smith in the divisional round mm-hmm. so you yeah, had two easy teams to go to New England and then you get whooped by them
0: and they lost the Blake Bortles one year in Jackson yeah LA.
1: and that was <laughs> and you can say all oh, you want oh Shazier got hurt oh their defense was trashed that's the reason why yeah. well guess what who's the one who you know wanted the players to begin with you know people like to say the GM drafts the you know makes the pick or whatever you mean to tell me that if tomlin says i don't like this guy I like that guy they're not gonna go against his will that's a bunch of horse shit too yeah. and yeah you don't know ball if you don't believe that yeah. like you know so that was all on tomlin and how that defense looked and guess what one player on a defense doesn't make that much of a difference like i said it's a new nfl if you're you know if your quarterback is injured that's when you have the legit excuse in saying, yeah, that's why we did not perform well. You know what I mean? Yeah. I have a, Even though Ryan Chazier was great, he was one of the best little middle linebackers in the 21st century the Steelers have had, mm-hmm. just because you lost him does not mean you should give up 45 points to Blake freaking Bortles. Yeah, that's a bunch of bullshit.
0: Agreed. I, I agree 100% with that. The, uh, the Tomlin era, I'll be interested to see how long it, it goes on for. But... Oh, so here's the thing. As much as
1: we might gripe and moan and complain about how he we went Tom and gone, mm-hmm. he won't he he will leave. And he will leave the Steelers. whenever he wakes up one day and says, You know what, I've had enough of this. Yeah. I, I'm done with it. I'm you know, I'm good with what my career has done up to this point. I'm just I'm calling her quits. That's whenever the Steelers make a head coaching. Head coaching change. Yeah. It pains me to say that. That's, that's how they are, mm-hmm. and that's the reason why they are a mediocre fucking team anymore. Yeah. That's the reason why. The Steeler way is fucking over. Well, I, I,
0: I hate it. I, I don't know. The The argument there is I don't know who, who you would get to replace him. Granted, there are a lot of young coaches coming up and stuff. See, that's the thing. Who just... in the
1: hell knew who Nick Sirianni was before yeah. he went to Philadelphia. Well, that, hell, the Who the hell Miami knew who vehicle. Mike Tomlin was
0: before he was given a chance in Pittsburgh? That's
1: very true. I hate
0: that or argument. Even, who uh, are you going to hire? I hate that argument. Or even the uh, the Dolphins Dolphins coach, McDaniels. Yeah. Like, who, he wasn't really... He didn't have yeah. a before he, he got that job. So, yeah, I agree. There's a lot of football-minded guys out there that you could replace someone with. Yeah. But they that's, won't. They nope. won't. They'll, they'll ride with him until the end. Yep, exactly. They don't have fire fire him at all. Mm-hmm. I mean, no offense,
1: but they're not going to fire the 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 one guy who was based off the Rooney rule. You know what I mean? Yeah. They're, they're not <laughs> I mean, that's I'm sorry, that's yeah. just how it is. You're, you're just from a pure publicity standpoint, you're not going to fire the guy who literally you hired to create the Rooney rule.
0: Yeah. You know what I mean? You're not going to do that. Yeah. That's just That's just how it is. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah, 100% 100% agree. But So,
1: I guess we can actually just talk about the game this week against the Rams. Uh, I know I have Cooper Cup in my fantasy team. Uh you better believe I'm starting him. I mean, he's gonna have a field day against the Steelers secondary. Yeah,
0: it seems like it seems like the Steelers secondary likes to give up a lot of yards to one receiver
1: and the primary receiver. It's not yes. like they
0: double cover the primary
1: receiver yeah. and they let the you know the second or third guy get all the yards and catches. Yeah. Like Devontae Adams, I think I have him in a fantasy league too, and he put up forty two or forty five points for me yeah, against the so- Steelers. Yeah. Like I don't know why they do that, but yeah, I, I have I
0: don't know, but I, I would start Cooper Cup. You yeah. heard it here first. You yeah. know. If you have Cooper Cup, I would. He's a play. He's a play. Um, do you see them? How do you see them stacking up against the Rams? I. So here's the thing: if Cooper
1: Cup can catch nine balls a drive as far as i care i mean i love it fantasy wise mm-hmm. um it's going to be whether the steelers red zone defense shows up one sunday and they can hold the field goals to touchdowns mm-hmm. if they do that they realistically have a shot at winning mm-hmm. um but if they convert the red zone they're converting touchdowns there's no way the steelers offense can keep matching and that's what frustrates me about the steelers most in general you know it's a scoring league you have to match the opposing team's you know uh touchdown and field, like their point. You have, you have to match, basically. It's like basketball. you got to match points mm-hmm. anymore. Mm-hmm. Um, you at least got and you yards. can't do that. <laughs> if, this, if the Rams go touchdown, touchdown, field goal, field goal in their first four drives, mm-hmm. you know the Steelers are lucky to score a touchdown in that span. Oh, they can't keep up.
0: They're That's alike. the problem. And, it, and if they do score a touchdown, oftentimes it's because the defense generated some sort of turnover to set them up yep. in a good position. It's like the first three possessions for the Steelers, it doesn't matter who they're playing. It's like they're First game for everybody out there, and it's three now, three now, three now. Yeah. Um. I don't know what the odds are on the on the Steelers' first possession, but you might want to throw a little bit of money on three (laughs) now because (laughs) because I'm going to be doing that because it's bound to happen. Their their offense is so abysmal. And that being said, I think this is the week. This is the one week that they actually do show a little bit offensively. I think that... He just coming off the bye? I think coming off the bye, I think they're going to go to Warren a little bit more. I think Pickett had a full two weeks to game plan and and hopefully at least know semi what's coming at him from yeah. the Rams defense. Yeah. If, if You've seen them
1: throw Cooper Cup a little... You know what I mean? Cooper he, Cup back in the lineup. You've seen him now on film this yeah, year. Yeah.
0: I, I can see if The Steelers are going to look... Like a playoff team at any point throughout the season, I can see it being this week. And really? I can see them winning by a, a decent little bit. Yeah. Okay.
1: Now, yeah. um, oh, I just had the question in my head. I forgot about it. Um, keep talking, Luke. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the. The
0: I I, when is um do you know when Deontay Johnson he's back back? he's he's going to be back this
1: week all of that's
0: another factor that plays in so that's why one he's he's the one receiver that can get open yeah
1: he's he's a pure route runner he's one of the I mean I know we gave him shit in years past about him dropping a lot of Mm -hmm. balls he has really worked on that Mm -hmm. his drop rate has significantly gone down um the last two years which is a good thing he's already an elite route runner Mm -hmm. Uh, I know he didn't have a touchdown last year I just feel like that's just What comes to the territory of being on the Steelers' offense, you know what I mean? It's hard to score touchdowns. It is,
0: especially with his type of player build. They just didn't look for him in the red zone often. Yeah. And and when they did, it was a poorly thrown ball or it was a weird play design.
1: That's what I was going to ask you. Hold on a second. Sorry about that. No, you're good. I was going to ask you um, if there's any changes. I know we talked about, you know, Dan Moore. Jones starting, what Tomlin said, or whatever. Mm-hmm. Do you see any sort of at least personnel changes? I know they released Desmond King yesterday. I think they brought in this guy named Darius Rush. Um, he's also a defensive back. Mm-hmm. Do you see them? You know, you see JPJ starting. Do you see any, like Mason Cole, he was a reliable center last year, but he's been dog shit this year. Do you see James Daniels, who is the right guard but has played center in the past, specifically for the Bears? Do you see him maybe shifting over to center and then? and then letting Nick uh, Herb or Nate Herbig, Nick Herbig's brother, uh, um, start at right guard. Do um, you see any personnel changes at all, or is it just status quo? I think it's status quo, man. Yeah. Tomlin doesn't like to, I know. Uh,
0: to fuck around with any of that. I know. He, you, he's, you, he likes his guys. The, the saying is, if it ain't
1: broke, it. don't fix it. But I guess for the Steelers, if it's broke, don't fix it. <laughs> like, yeah, you know what yeah. I mean? Just leave it go, I guess. I don't fucking know. It's the opposite.
0: It's the exact opposite. <laughs> I, I can't see... I can't see any personnel changes on the offensive line. If they're healthy and they're the guy, they're the guy, you know. I, I don't see any changes there. It's just the like Jalen Warren. You would think by now they would start I know I keep going going back to that. Yeah. But That's yeah. the most frustrating part. Yes. You see the
1: obvious, you know what I mean? You see the more talented player, or at least yeah. the player who is more explosive, who's more dynamic, who, you know, influences the game more. Yeah. And it's so if it's obvious to us, just amateurs watching the game on television. You think it'd be it'd be like common sense for the coaches to recognize it? Yeah, you know, That's what frustrates me me the most. If a fan can recognize it, why can't the actual people who are in the room do it? You know mm-hmm, what I mean? Mm-hmm. That's what frustrates me the most about this team. And it's like, I like their offensive line. I think they got that Isaac all from Philadelphia. He's really he's a really good guard. Obviously, you got Brojack Jones. I know Mason Cole's been dog shit this, this year, but James Daniels was a highly sought-after sought free agent last year who they signed from the Bears. Mm-hmm. Um, then you have Shooks Co where it's like, he's not good, but he's not bad either. They have a decent offensive line. I even think that's getting coached really badly. You know, they're doing all this zone-blocking bullshit. When their M.O., ever since I was a little freaking kid in diapers, mm-hmm. what were they known for? Always pulling the guard and doing lead plays. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. They would always pull the guard and shit like that and run trap. They, don't, they do this zone-blocking bullshit, and it's not working. Yeah. So why not try something different? Instead of beating a dead freaking horse, and that's all this team does well, with anything.
0: Well, Tony, they're above 500, so... That, ah, that's, that, all that, that that that's, that's all that all matters. That's all that matters. <laughs> <laughs> that's all that matters in a uh, lot of their eyes, I guess. But, yeah, I... I know I
1: don't really... I, like, to be truthful here about all this nine eight record bullshit, I know i brought it up in the past and everything like that. Mm-hmm. I, it's not like, all right... We get to 9-8, and eight, we had a good year. Um, I don't think they're trying... No no one tries just to be average and be 9-8, and eight, okay? No one's like, all right, let's just get to 500 and we're good. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Nobody's like that. And the Steelers aren't like that. It's just how this team is run from the coaching staff to the personnel
0: in the field. That's what it is. Mm-hmm. It's 9-8. and eight. It's mediocre. Uh, they could change some things up and potentially win a game or two more, but... At the same time, if they change some things up, they could lose a game or two more. And I so feel that's they... That's I feel like that's how Tomlin feels. I mean, I don't want to speak for him, but, yeah, I feel like that's what he feels like. He's like, well, I got what I got. It's going to win me nine games, and that's good enough. Yeah, I'm not Not sure. good enough, but we're going to at least win nine games. Yeah. We're hopefully going to win 11-12, you know, but, Yeah.
1: Kind of, let's just wrap wrap it up here a little bit. How do you see this, I know we talked about it a little bit, but how do you see this Rams-Steelers game's going and, um, you know, who will ultimately win?
0: I see, I, I like I said, I see this, if the Steelers are going to look like a playoff team, it's going to be this week. Um, I see Kenny Pickett throwing for at least 200 this week. I see a little bit more Warren. Um, I'm throwing out some bets here and I wouldn't follow my advice, but, uh, Warren, I can see him hitting his over in yards um, offensively. And I, I can see the Steelers' defense playing good enough to create at least one turnover and potentially shut down shut down the – that being said, Cooper Cup's still going to have a massive game yeah. from a fantasy standpoint.
1: I feel like he has a minimum eight catches for a minimum of 110 yards. Yeah,
0: yeah, I, I, I could agree with that. But um I see the Steelers winning this like – I'm going to say 31 They're going to score 30 points. Like for the I first. said, if, if, if they're going to look like a playoff caliber offense, it's going to be this week. And I can see Kenny Pickett having 200-plus passing yards with three passing touchdowns. <laughs> and everybody rallying behind him. No, you laugh, but everybody's going to rally behind him. And it's going to be a big raw moment. We're going to be 4-2 and two coming off a big win, and then we're going to lose the next three games. But I, I see the Steelers winning this week 31-20. to 20.
1: Yeah, I'm the complete opposite here. Uh, it doesn't matter if they had a buy or not. It doesn't matter if they're all healthy or not. You know what you're getting with the Steelers. They're not going to miraculously change. You're not going to invent a new playbook. Kenny Pickett's not going to turn into Patrick Mahomes. Um you know, I I see this as a typical Steeler game where um, they might Kenny Pickett in the offense might not turn the ball over, but they're not going to be moving down the field. It's going to be like you said earlier, three and out, three and out, three and out, punt, so punt, punt. You, you
0: don't think Deontay Johnson has any impact on the offense no. as far as moving the ball? No, no. Okay.
1: I mean, we saw it in the first. I mean, he got hurt. Uh, yeah, the first game. Yeah. But I mean, we didn't see it in the in the first game, did we? Yeah. I mean. They scored a total of seven points that game before he got hurt. They looked anemic as well. Mm-hmm. Um, I just don't see him being that big. Of a, although he's good, I just don't think he's that good to be that much of a difference maker for this particular team. You okay. know what I mean? Yeah. Um, I see uh, the defense hanging in. The, I feel like this is a game going into the half. You know, it's gonna be like you know seventeen or I should not even say that. I'm gonna feel like fourteen or thirteen to like three or six. You know, at least the Steelers still in it going to halftime. They have some life. But then, by then, this defense is going to be tired. you know. They're out. They'll be out in the field for 70-75% of the first half, and it's going to go downhill from there. And I see the Rams winning 27-13. I mean, I just I, I don't see this working out for the Steelers at all. Rams, even though they don't have their two starting running backs, Karen Williams, who he's been a stud the first couple weeks here yeah. of the season. And then, I forget who the backup is. I think it's Ronnie Rivers or something like that. He's out too. So they're down to the third string running back, and I know the Steelers have had trouble with um, rushing defense. And, my God, I remember when you were growing up, like, the one thing the Steelers did on defense, above all else, was you could not run the ball against them. Yeah. And if you had a 100-yard rusher against the Steelers defense, you knew if you were the opposing running back for next week against them, you weren't getting more than 40 yards on the ground. Mm-hmm. Like, that's how determined they were to stop the run. And they did it very well. Mm-hmm. They're not that team anymore. And that's, I don't know, call me old school, but, like, I miss when the Steelers, like, you, they made a team one-dimensional on the opening kickoff. You mm-hmm. could not run the ball against them. I do think – I know I went off on a tangent there, but um, I do think they stopped the run better, obviously, because the Rams have no running backs, basically. Um, just Cooper Cup and Matt Stafford, it's going to be too much for them. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't see them really turn the ball over that much. I don't see the Steelers getting splashed on defense, and that's where I get my final score, 27-13 Rams. Mm-hmm. Steelers go back to 500, 3-3, and then they see a three-game homestand. Uh, with a Thursday night game mixed in there, I believe.
0: Okay. I think they
1: play the Jaguars, the Packers, and the Titans. I think the Titans game is the Thursday night game.
0: They'll lose the Jaguars. So for you, that's four and three now. Yeah, they'll lose to no. Who's the next Packers? I could see them beating the Packers. I could see them hopping to five and three. Five and three, what and I could the see them losing to the Titans to go to five. So and four. five and four. I could see them being five and four. See, I had them going
1: four and five. They'll lose then uh, this coming week. Go three and three losing Jacksonville, go three and four they'll beat the titans and go four and four then lose the packers and be
0: four and five. Oh, i forgot the titans quarterback situation right now yeah. is Tannehill out long term or is he... uh,
1: yeah but i mean even with ryan Tannehill, i don't see i actually if they're gonna beat any of those three teams it's gonna be the titans it's because they don't have a quarterback and at yeah. least and you know that the steelers if you face a bad quarterback their defense is going to be good you know that's yeah. the one thing i do trust if you have a terrible quarterback against that defense they're they're going to do good, so that's the one win I have them beating in that three game stretch. So four and five, I have them going into their the second half
0: of the season. Hmm. hmm. See, I see Will Levis getting the start in Tennessee against the Steelers, and Will Levis torching us, <laughs> absolutely <laughs> torching us. And I see, I see us being five and four at, at that point. It's funny.
1: I remember it was 2019, Penn State versus Ohio State. Clifford gets hurt. It was at the shoe. Big Dick Levis came in. That's when we started calling him because we picked Penn State to cover, and damn it, he got us to cover that yeah. game. They lost 28-17, to 17, but it was a 14-and-a-half spread, and we covered because of Big Dick Levis. Yeah. I, I never – I almost wish we
0: had – I wish Penn State would have rode with him over uh, Clifford. I, I would have been yeah. interested to see. That would have been. But, yeah. Yep.
1: All right. Well, with that being said, I think that's all I'm doing for this episode of Montreal Madness. Uh, thanks, Luke, for coming here. This was awesome. We need to do this more often. Yes,
0: yeah, agree, Tony. Thanks I'm, for having me. Yeah,
1: I love. Like it got pretty old me just doing it by myself because I ran out of you know I can't be Skip and Stephen A. simultaneously. Yeah, you so you know what talk, I mean?
0: Yeah. I need can't. I
1: need somebody else there. So I think yeah. for now on, if it's not you, I'm gonna try to get you know other guests or guests um, here with me. Um, so I can keep doing this because I, I mean, I like doing this. And you're just, you know, Enjoyed talking, shooting the shit, you know, talking, you know, about stuff that you love, like the Steelers and Penn State and everything. Um, but yeah, I just want to be able to do it with more people rather than you just hearing my voice constantly. Mm-hmm. So this was awesome, Luke. Glad to have you here, man.
0: Yeah, thanks. Glad to be here, man. righty. Pleasure.
1: Well, I'll do it and wrap it up for Montreal Madness.